This is the Humanist Report with Mike Figueredo. Sponsored by Amazon, Audible, HostGator, Gamefly, and supporters of independent media like you. Welcome to the Humanist Report. My name is Mike Figueredo, and this is the 32nd episode of the podcast. Today's episode is sponsored by all of our latest patrons on Patreon. Today we have James B., Nikki S., and Haley F. Thank you to every single one of you. Uh, if you would like to be a patron on Patreon, then visit the link in the description box. On today's episode, I will be talking about the GOP debate uh, and some other issues, so stick around. It's going to be a great episode. Hope you guys enjoy the show. I previously broke the story about how the Daily Beast writes a lot of pro-Clinton propaganda articles because Chelsea Clinton sits on the board of directors of IAC, the company that owns the Daily Beast. Now, they have not disclosed this to the public, so they're writing all of these uh, propaganda pieces against Bernie Sanders uh, under the guise of neutrality. See, the difference between the Daily Beast and me is that I outright tell you that I support Bernie Sanders. I've even worn Bernie Sanders shirts on the podcast. I'm not claiming to be neutral, but they are, so they're trying to mislead voters, and this is really problematic. Now, thankfully, uh, message got out, and even the Young Turks are talking about how Chelsea Clinton sits on their board, and that's one of the reasons why they're so incredibly biased. But there's more to it than that. Uh, Michael Tomoski, for example, wrote a book about Hillary Clinton. Kelly Joff used to work for Hillary Clinton. These are all individuals who have pushed pro-Clinton propaganda on the Daily Beast under the guise of neutrality. Now, they're back at it again. Uh, They don't care that we now have discovered that they are just shills for Hillary Clinton, uh, Michael Tomoski has a great new article titled Time for Bernie Sanders to Get in Line. Now, this title is incredibly appropriate because if anyone knows how to take orders and get in line, it's the Daily Beast, specifically Michael Tomoski, because he loves taking orders from the Clintons. Uh, So let's get to what he has to say. From here on in, Sanders ought to lay off the attacks of Hillary Clinton, the Goldman Sachs speeches and all the rest. Eventually, he's going to lose. She's going to win. He can do it in a way that burnishes the standing in the party he's decided to be a member of, and that makes him a pivotally powerful senator during a potential Clinton presidency, or he can do it in a way that damages her reputation and ultimately his own. See, this is interesting because uh, David Brock, the head of multiple pro-Clinton super PACs, is also pushing the same narrative. Is it the fact that maybe great minds just think alike or that you guys are taking orders from someone, that you're cooperating with someone who wants you to say these things? Hmm, I'm curious. Again, I have to think, who sits on your board of directors? Well, I said this to David Brock when he said the same thing, and I'll say it to you. If you don't like the facts that Bernie Sanders discloses about your candidate, then that's not an attack. That means that you just disagree with the facts, which means that in turn you disagree with your candidate. That shows that your candidate is flawed not Bernie Sanders. So if you don't like when Bernie Sanders talks about facts, that she takes money from Wall Street and then tells us that she's going to regulate them, uh, I don't know what to tell you. Uh, If the truth hurts, then get out of this party, because there is a party in the country that will uh, be fit for your interest if you love lies. They're called the Republican Party, so why don't you join them? I'm not sure why you're still in the Democratic Party uh, if the truth hurts. But anyways, I want to get to why Michael Tomoski thinks that Bernie Sanders will lose, and his reasoning is odd to me. So, uh, Virginia is an undisputably important November state. One that if the Democrat wins, she or he probably will not lose the election. The kind of state where a candidate needs to be able to make the case, 
I can carry this state. And she didn't merely win Virginia. She just smothered him there. 65 to 35%. It's Virginia where the handwriting of where this is headed was splashed on the wall. Sanders had little appeal beyond the college campus. That doesn't make any sense at all. Let's just forget about the fact that there are still literally thousands of delegates available. Let's just put that aside. And let's just look at Virginia. Well, he lost Virginia, so wash your hands, Bernie. You're done. Stick a fork in him. That doesn't make any sense at all. Uh, and furthermore, here's the thing that is really obnoxious. He doesn't tell you that the reason why Hillary Clinton wins any states is because voter turnout is low. See, this is a consistent trend thus far. Whenever turnout is low in a state, Hillary Clinton wins that state, just like Republicans. So when it comes to Virginia, 200,000 less people voted in 2016 than they did in 2008. It's no wonder why Hillary Clinton is winning in these states. But where turnout is high, Bernie Sanders wins. So I wouldn't boast too much about that because that's a pretty embarrassing fact. But the fact that Michael Tomaski doesn't think Bernie Sanders can win is not the point he's trying to make. The overarching point he's trying to make is that if Bernie Sanders is going to remain in this race, even though he's not viable and he's just going to lose, well, he at least needs to be civil. He needs to not attack Hillary Clinton. Uh, so when it comes to the Republicans, feel free to point out their corruption, point out the money that they take from all these special interests. But when it comes to Hillary Clinton, see, she's above criticism. You can't attack her because he, she's a Democrat. I I mean, what, do you want a Republican in the House? That This is the point that people make all the time. Well, I've got really bad news for you, but this argument doesn't hold any weight with Bernie Sanders supporters because in the eyes of progressives, Hillary Clinton is not that different than Republicans. The difference is really marginal. Now, here's his main argument. Sanders should keep running. He has the money, so why not? But it's time to start pulling back on the food fight. Now he ought to have landed back on Earth. There is no point in trying to attack Clinton at this point. There is a point of amassing delegates, securing his position as leader or the co-leader with Elizabeth Warren of the left populist, keep her honest wing of the Democratic Party. That's a really important role. A guy who got 36% of Democrats in Fairfax County, Virginia, isn't going to be president. But he can be important if he decides he wants to be. <laughs> okay, so a guy who didn't win this one county out of thousands of counties in the entire country, he's not going to be president. Dude, like, I want to know what you're smoking. It must be good. It must be really great stuff to get you to be this delusional. Now, I've got bad news for you. An individual who can't get votes from progressives or young people also will have a really hard time becoming president. And also, if she gets indicted during a general election, guess what? That's going to make it really difficult for her to become a president. So if you actually do really want to prevent a Republican from winning, then you better back Bernie Sanders because he beats Hillary Clinton when it comes to hypothetical matchups against Republicans. I don't understand how um, it, Hillary Clinton is somehow going to have an easier time beating Republicans. It just doesn't make any sense. When half the party hates your candidate, what makes you think that she's going to be better? It just blows my mind. It just blows my mind. And this is why uh, there's no reason or logic here. This is why it's just propaganda. But now I want to get to the attacks, because if you're wondering what type of attacks he's talking about that Bernie Sanders does, well, I already told you. That's right. <laughs> you might have missed it. But literally, uh, he said the Goldman Sachs speeches and the rest. That's it. That's literally the one attack that he talked about in this entire article. So he's literally making an argument, even though he presented zero evidence. I mean, if you're going to do propaganda, at least try to make it convincing, but they don't even try. They just think that we're idiots and that we'll accept anything. It, I don't think that Michael Tomaski believes the shit that he's writing. He's just doing this because maybe he got orders from somewhere. Maybe he's trying to follow the, ba the bandwagon that uh, Bernie Sanders needs to stop attacking Hillary Clinton because at first he jumped on the... Uh, Bernie Sanders is an electable myth, 
bandwagon. And now he's jumping on the Bernie Sanders needs to stop attacking Hillary Clinton bandwagon. Uh, so either you're taking orders from somewhere uh, or you're just a terrible journalist and you're just trying to jump on every trend that other journalists talk about. But we know exactly what your intentions are. You wrote a book for Hillary Clinton. You love Hillary Clinton. Chelsea Clinton is your boss. So it's very, very clear. Now, with all of this in mind, uh, you can still try to at least provide some evidence and write a convincing article, but you don't even try. Like, I, it doesn't make any sense. Senator Elizabeth Warren runs an agency that protects consumers from predatory payday lenders. Now, ever since the inception of this new agency, Republicans have done everything they can to try to stop it. Well, thankfully for them, they now have a new ally, the chair of the DNC, Debbie Wasserman Schultz, who I like to call Debbie do anything for Hillary Wasserman Schultz. So the Huffington Post explains, payday lenders have been gunning for the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau since the day President Barack Obama tapped Elizabeth Warren to set up the new agency. They've had plenty of help from the congressional Republicans, longtime recipients of campaign contributions from the payday loan industry. As the CFPB has moved closer to adopting new rules to shield families from predatory lending, the GOP has assailed the agency from every conceivable angle, going after its budget, attempting to tie its hands with new layers of red tape, fomenting conspiracy theories about rogue regulators, illegally shutting down businesses, and launching direct attacks on payday loan rules themselves. So you think that the head of the Democratic Party would try to protect Obama's legacy and actually try to shield uh, this agency from any Republican attacks, right? Wrong. So Wasserman Schultz is co-sponsoring a new bill that would gut the CFPB's forthcoming payday loan regulations. She's also attempting to gin up Democratic support for the legislation on Capitol Hill, according to a memo obtained by the Huffington Post. The misleadingly titled Consumer Protection and Choice Act would delay the CFPB's payday lending rules by two years and nullify its rules in any state with a payday lending law, like the one adopted in Florida. The memo being passed around by Wasserman Schultz Staffords describes the Florida state law as a model for consumer laws on payday loans and says the CFPB should adjust their payday lending rules to take into account actions Florida has already taken. Now intuitively this may make sense because if a state has laws on the books against these predatory payday lenders, well then there's no need to double down at the federal level. But it's a little bit more complicated than that. So the problem here is that Florida's law is a sham, says Jeannie Robnett, director of the campaign to stop the debt trap at Americans for Financial Reform. It was backed by the industry. Now, if you don't like what the DNC chair is doing, and if you hate the direction that she's taking the party in, I've got great news for you. Debbie Do Anything for Hillary Wasserman Schultz actually has a challenger. Tim Canova, and here's what he had to say about this. Loan sharks should feel right at home in the party of Donald Trump, but con artists should have no place in the Democratic Party. This is another example of Debbie Wasserman Schultz failing the people of her district and progressive activists like you and me. Debbie Wasserman Schultz has been taking millions of dollars from the same corporate interests that profit from payday loans. So I love that response. If you really want to support Tim Canova's campaign and defeat Debbie Do Anything for Hillary Wasserman Schultz, the quintessential corporatist Democrat, then you could donate to his campaign. I'll put a link in the description box, but this is egregious. This is sickening. And the head of the Democratic Party who's supposed to be fighting for us should not be doing something like this. 
I wanted to share with you guys the best political segment of this election cycle yet. So Fox News brought on someone who claims that socialism is a violation of basic human rights. So they tried to do a fear-mongering propaganda segment against Bernie Sanders uh, with this guy. But little did they know, uh, this segment was not going to go well for them. In fact, it went horribly wrong. Take a look. Socialist Senator Bernie Sanders wants America to be a socialist country, and even liberals are blasting his agenda. My next guest says socialism is a violation of basic human rights. Thor Halverson of the Human Rights Foundation joins me now with details. Thor, why do you believe socialism is a violation of basic human rights? Well, let's actually qualify that. Um, countries that do not violate human rights can have socialist governments, and that's perfectly okay. If there are branches of government that exist and separation of powers and constitutional rights, you can have a country like Denmark or Norway or Sweden that oftentimes have socialist governments, labor governments. That's perfectly fine. The problem is when socialism is done under an authoritarian government or someone using socialism as a mask uh, takes control of a government, claims that they're going to help the people, and ultimately end up looting the country and All ruining right. it. All right. Let's drive it back, though, to the definition of socialism, because it's my belief that the people who are all for Bernie Sanders have no idea what socialism is as, as, a, as a government, as, as, a, as a recipe for how government works. Explain it. Well, that depends. I mean, people can take a historic definition of socialism, an academic definition of socialism, or they can take a definition because arguably uh, many countries, many democratic countries have socialist policies. Now, there's a difference between having a socialist policy, having a socialist government, being a socialist. Some people academically believe that socialism, communism, Marxism are the same thing. And if, if that's right. one way of looking at it. To, to get away from getting too bogged down okay. by the details here. Uh, what is your major objection to the way socialism is practiced in some countries? Is it the looting of personal property? Well, of course. Of what course. You take, take a country like Venezuela. The government decides that prices are going to be a certain way because they want prices to be. And then because they set prices, what ends up happening is massive shortages. And what you have now coming up is a humanitarian crisis. But I will say this. Um, I actually made the largest contribution allowable to the campaign of Bernie Sanders. I made a contribution to Bernie Sanders' really? campaign. Yes, I believe the Democrat because the Democratic frontrunner right now um, is unfortunately someone who has taken millions and millions of dollars from many dictatorships: Algeria, Bahrain, Qatar, Oman, Saudi Arabia, countries that execute people for being gay, countries that restrict all press freedoms, countries that in some cases ban Christmas. I would much rather have Bernie Sanders be the Democratic wow. frontrunner than a person who takes money from dictatorships, unquestionably. And at the same time, on the Republican side, you have the frontrunner who believes that right, Putin right. is fine. And that is awful as well. The you say that's a problem as well. In both I just have to get you to one more thing before you go, because sure. you have personal experience with this in Absolutely. Venezuela. Your father uh, was a political prisoner. Tell me about that. My father was a political prisoner. My mother was shot by the regime of Hugo Chavez. And my cousin, my first cousin, is currently in prison in Venezuela. Um, so you know what you're talking about. This comes from experience. Yes. This isn't something that you read in a history book. Yes, but you see, Venezuela had for years, for decades, labor governments, governments that nodded to democratic socialism. Democratic socialism can exist if there's rule of law. The problem becomes when that's wiped away and the executive decides to take control of everything. Personally, my view is that redistribution of wealth is not the way to end poverty. You end poverty not by redistributing wealth. You end it by creating more 
wealth. As such, I'm a believer in free markets. But All at right. the same time, dictatorships are a much bigger problem. I'd okay. rather have a democratic socialist than a supporter of dictators in the White House. <laughs> oh my God, that was embarrassing. That was embarrassing. And I just want to note the irony here. The name of that show is called The Intelligence Report. Come on. The intelligence report? You better learn what socialism is if you're going to claim to be intelligent. Now she says, oh, but the people for Bernie, they don't even know what socialism is. No, in actuality, it's the opposite. We support Bernie because we know what socialism is. Bernie Sanders is a social democrat. In international standards, he's actually a centrist. Like, I actually have a friend who supports communism, Euro-communism from Serbia, and he said that, what, why are people calling Bernie Sanders a communist or a socialist. He's basically a centrist. I don't understand what Americans are talking about. So uh, if you know what socialism is, you're going to be more inclined to support Bernie Sanders because it works. This isn't like national socialism. This isn't like Venezuela. This is like democratic socialism like you see in Norway, Sweden, Denmark, Finland. These are areas doing really, really well. Now here's the thing about socialism. Americans love it. Social security that's a socialist program, and it is one of the most highest approved social programs in the country. So if Americans really know what socialism is and what would constitute a socialist program, guess what? They absolutely love it and adore it. So this fear-mongering uh, tactic did not go very well for them. Uh, now, I love how when he started to explain it more, she's like, well, okay, stop, stop, stop. I don't want to get bogged down by the details. Come on, come on. Can you please tell me something bad about socialism or Bernie Sanders, maybe? Uh, and then he just dropped the bomb on her. I donated the maximum contribution of $2,700 to his campaign. I wish that they would have panned to her face so you can see the reaction as she was like, what? Why? Why would you do this? Well, it's because you don't know what socialism is. You get scared by these boogeyman words, even though this is called the intelligence report. You're not so intelligent if you don't know what socialism is. And let me just say, this dude's name is Thor. Okay, this guy deserves a round of applause. I mean, awesome, awesome person. Thank you so much for going on Fox News <laughs> and blowing it up because this just went horribly wrong for them. They were expecting to have this great fear-mongering propaganda piece and uh, man, you you did not allow that to happen. Uh, so kudos to Thor, an awesome name by the way. This This is brilliant. This is gold right here. The Republican establishment is growing increasingly worried at the prospect of a Trump nomination. And with this in mind, they have been coming up with different ways in which they could potentially steal the nomination away from Donald Trump. Now, at first glance, Mitt Romney appears to be spearheading this movement, but I don't think it's necessarily Mitt Romney doing this. I think he's kind of just a puppet and there are uh, other individuals behind the scenes kind of pushing him to do this. Now, of course, Marco Rubio is in favor of this as well because he could potentially benefit from a brokered convention. Uh, but first, I want to tell you what Marco, or excuse me, I want to tell you what Mitt Romney said. Uh, so first, he encouraged voters to pick anyone but Trump. He says, given the current delegate selection process, I would vote for Marco Rubio in Florida, for John Kasich in Ohio, and for Ted Cruz or whichever one of the other two contenders has the best chance of beating Mr. Trump in a given state. Now, for the second part of their plan, Mitt Romney wants the Republican Party to steal the nomination away from Donald Trump at the convention. So attention explains, then the election would be taken out of the hands of so-called pledged delegates, which are awarded to candidates throughout the primary process and put into the hands of elected party representatives. In this scenario, these party reps would hand the nomination to Rubio, Cruz, or conceivably Romney himself. This would be the first brokered convention for the GOP since 1948. 
After weeks of speculation, Romney's plan represents the first tangible effort by Republicans to achieve a brokered convention in which a party's candidate is decided mostly by backroom dealing and horse trading, far removed from the democratic process. So this would be damaging not just to Donald Trump, but to the entire Republican Party as well. Uh, because if you undermine the will of voters, there's going to be vast consequences. Now, why are they doing this? Why are they so gung-ho on stealing the nomination away from Donald Trump? Well, one, it's because Republican donors are not sure about Donald Trump. They have no idea what he's going to do. Are they going to get their tax breaks? Uh, are they going to uh, be able to use him as a puppet like all the other Republican candidates? They don't know. Now, second of all, he's just bad for the Republican brand. See, the Republican Party at large, they agree with Donald Trump. They love being racist. They love xenophobia, but they're more subtle about it. So what they do is instead of just outright retweeting, you know, members from the KKK and white supremacists, they like to just implement racial policies uh, such as the voter ID laws, for example. And they like to, you know, more subtly stoke the fears against immigrants and uh, gin up hatred against, you know, marginalized groups. But Donald Trump, he just says it like it is. Uh, there's absolutely no disagreement about his positions. Uh, and the Republican Party is really uncomfortable like that. Donald Trump is the Frankenstein that the Republican Party created. And now you guys have to live with them. So do I agree with the Republican Party potentially stealing the nomination away from Donald Trump? Uh, no, I don't. As much as I hate Donald Trump, I like democracy more than I hate Donald Trump. And you can't undermine the will of the people. It's just not democratic, especially if we only have two parties to choose from. Uh, you have to let voters decide, regardless if you agree or disagree with the candidate. If you don't like it, too bad. This is who voters want. Put up someone else who could beat Donald Trump. To undermine the will of voters would be akin to authoritarian regimes when they nullify election results. I mean, in Egypt, the military nullified the election results effectively uh, when they jailed Morsi after a couple of months when he was elected. So you'd basically be doing the same thing. How does this make you any different? I mean, you wouldn't jail Donald Trump, obviously, but by stealing the election away, away from voters, how would you be any different from an authoritarian regime? Now, again, uh, this whole argument is absurd because Donald Trump would basically be <laughs> very similar to many authoritarian dictatorial leaders uh, when he talks about, you know, shutting down the press and, you know, uh, stripping away these libel laws so that way he can sue the press when they talk shit about him. But again, I mean, are we a democracy or are we not? You can't undermine the will of the voters. Uh, I don't like it when the Democratic Party does it, and I have to be objective and say that I don't like it when the Republican Party does it as well. So even though this would be entertaining to watch happen and the chaos that would ensue would be just monumental, it's not right. And uh, I have to be on the side of democracy. You, you just have to be objective and you have to go for what's right. And stealing the election away is not right. If the Republican Party really wants to stop Trump, then throw in a bunch of candidates who could potentially defeat Trump. When it comes to the Fox News debate, this was by far the worst debate for Donald Trump, hands down. He was the biggest loser by a mile. Uh, I mean, when it comes to the uh, Trump University scandal, which is basically just the sham scam of a school, uh, he got destroyed by Marco Rubio and Ted Cruz. It was bad and he you could tell he was frazzled you can tell he was kind of um almost ready to cry honestly it looked like his face was completely red he got owned badly and you know he he pulled off his regular remarks about the polls he says well look in one poll uh ted cruz only has 15 percent while i have 49 percent and then ted cruz bounced back and said but in that same poll you lose to hillary clinton 
I mean, this was devastating for him. It was outright embarrassing for Donald Trump. So, uh, <laughs> I, do I think this will hurt Donald Trump? No, I don't. I think that anyone who supports him will continue to support him. And I think that any time uh, Donald Trump is attacked by the establishment or other Republican candidates, I think it just makes him more popular somehow. I, I don't understand the phenomenon. It, 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 you know, I don't support Donald Trump, so I can't necessarily empathize with his supporters. But this was a bad moment for Donald Trump that I don't even think his uh, his supporters can can uh, disagree with. Now, he also talked about his penis size. I mean, this is something you can't do at a Republican debate. Republican voters are super politically correct when it comes to modesty and whatnot. So a Republican presidential candidate up there talking about his dick, not a good look. Uh, will it hurt him? Again, I don't know. I don't think so. But Republicans who don't like Trump, I really don't think that they're going to be turned on to him at any point in time after this debate. Now, Trump said we're going to grow the military, which I disagree with, but nonetheless, what his point that he made was great because he said he's not going to buy military equipment from the defense contractors who bankroll Ted Cruz and Marco Rubio's campaign. That was a big moment because it shows who they're in bed with and why they support the policies they support. So I like whenever he brings up money and politics. I think that's the issue that Donald Trump shines on. I mean, every other issue, you can condemn him on, basically. But when it comes to money and politics and he exposes their corruption, he talks about how he donated to Ted Cruz. This is great. Now, it does hurt him because he did donate to Hillary Clinton, but his supporters like this because they don't like the crony capitalism. I mean, over 90% of all citizens, Republican and Democrat, don't like the influence that money has in politics. So when Donald Trump talks about this, he shines. He needs to do a better job of hammering down on this if he wants to recover from this debate. Now, when it comes to uh, John Kasich, this is always the, the more moderate, the grown-up in the room, as he uh, described himself. But they challenged him on the question of religious liberty, basically uh, giving people the liberty to discriminate against individuals who they disagree with, which is a terrible idea, because if Christians have the right to discriminate against gay people, then do gay business owners have the right to discriminate against Christians? They don't want that. But, you know, this is about religious liberty. If you're Christian in this country, you're privileged. You have all the rights in the world. But anyways, uh, they challenged John Casey for this because last time he had the audacity to actually be reasonable and say no i think that if you're a business owner you serve everyone and what does he do he walks back his comments i mean is is there anyone in this goddamn party that's sane that's willing to be reasonable I, up until this point there were many issues where you could say john Kasich was objectively better but i mean he keeps lowering the bar and getting on the level of all the other kooks in the party. I mean, let's be real here. John Kasich is also a terrible candidate. He basically gutted welfare in his state of Ohio. But, I mean, when it comes to everyone else, I mean, he was leagues ahead of them. And he just took himself a step back. So all the, the majority of younger Republican voters who support marriage equality and aren't homophobic, you just turned yourself off to them. Good job. Now, here's one thing I want to talk about. Now, <laughs> I... <laughs> Okay, uh, some of you might get mad. Uh, I posted a video of Ted Cruz, um, and some of you objected to it. Uh, I, I just want to know. I want to know. Did Ted Cruz eat a booger? Did this dude eat a booger on live television? I mean, what else was on his mouth? Did he just, like, eat a sandwich and that was a crumb? Probably not. More likely, a booger fell from his nose and was on his lip, and then instead of just wiping his face like a normal human being would be, he decided to eat it up. I mean, what the hell is wrong with you? <laughs> uh, look, I would declare Ted Cruz the winner of this debate if he didn't eat a booger. 
But I can't declare the candidate who ate a booger the winner. I just can't do that. Look, here's the deal. I think America needs a president who isn't going to eat his goddamn boogers on the stage. What the hell is wrong with this guy? But I will say that if any presidential candidate was going to eat boogers, and I had to guess who would eat boogers or who would be most likely to eat boogers, I would obviously say Ted Cruz. <laughs> I feel like I'm alone here. Like, I feel like this should be an international outrage. Everyone should be talking about it. He ate a goddamn booger, people. Why aren't you freaking out about this? Why am I the only one? Am I the only 12-year-old that uh, <laughs> is so fascinated by this? I mean, it's Ted Cruz. I mean, he has the shit-eating grin on his face all the time, so it's no surprise that he would eat a booger, and he probably loves it and enjoyed it, but... I feel like I'm alone here in being outraged at the fact that Ted Cruz ate a booger, so comment down below if you feel the same way. But anyways, this debate was a disaster overall. It was very boring. I do like Megyn Kelly as a moderator. I think she's excellent and really holding their feet to the fire. Uh, but overall, bad night for Donald Trump. Good night for Ted Cruz, with the exception of the booger moment. Uh, I don't think Jod Kasich did anything to improve his standing. Marco Rubio... Maybe, I, I just think at this point, I don't know how Marco Rubio is going to make up the delegate count. I mean, he's so far behind. He only won one state. I think it was Minnesota. He's got to do something if he wants to be the establishment's pick, but time's running out. Well, that's the episode. I want to thank all of my viewers for tuning in so loyally every single week. And I also want to welcome all of my newest subscribers to the channel. We are growing like crazy and it is blowing my mind. Uh, if I start thinking about how many thousands of people watch this podcast now every single week, it, it, it freaks me out. So, <laughs> but I love it. I love it. Uh, so thank you all. Thank you all for the wonderful warm comments that you always leave. Usually if you read the YouTube section, uh, the YouTube comment section, you're going to be in for a bad time. But my viewers are so awesome. And the discussions that you guys have in the YouTube comment section, they're substantive. They're great. Uh, from what I can see, I, I don't get to read all the comments anymore because it's this channel's just blown up so much. But, you know, on some of the vid videos, what I see, you guys share information. You guys are so polite to each other. Thank you for doing this. Um, we're showing that, you know, Bernie Sanders supporters are not just uh, a class act, but we're also a family. Like, I feel like there's a real community here when it comes to Bernie Sanders supporters. I tweeted about this and everyone seemed to agree with the sentiment. So, I mean, regardless of what happens, we got to come together when this is done. We're not just, you know, a family. We're a movement, uh, a progressive movement for true progressive politics. So uh, I'm, I'm going on a tangent, but thank you all for tuning in. I'll see you next week. Ladies and gentlemen, I am happy to report that in Michigan, after being down 18 points in the polls, Bernie Sanders pulled off a stunning political upset. This is huge news right now. So when it comes to the total delegate count, it appears as though he's going to take home 63, while Hillary Clinton will take home 53. So this is a huge victory for us, especially when you take into account the fact that he outperformed the polls tremendously. So as of right now, uh, with, let's see here, uh, how much is reporting in. So we have 92% reporting in. It looks like Bernie Sanders is two points ahead of Hillary Clinton. He's at 50.1 to her 48. Uh, now I will put the most recent results up on the screen. Uh, by the time this is edited and is up on YouTube, it'll change again. But just know that he won by about two points. So basically, they're going to be splitting the delegates. But again, everyone thought that he would lose. Uh, 538 Politics had him at a, or excuse me, they had Hillary Clinton at a greater than 99% chance of winning. And Bernie Sanders pulled off an upset. So now this changes things 
dramatically. So here's the thing. So going into March 15th, which is a very, very important day, Bernie Sanders now has momentum. Now that he can actually outperform the polls, everything's starting to change. And furthermore, after March 15th, uh, there's no more Southern states. Uh, and everyone is saying this on the Bernie Sanders side. Uh, the Clinton camp is kind of downplaying this. The mainstream media is downplaying this. But once we get past the Southern states... Then we kind of get into Bernie Sanders' territory, and then he's going to pick up a lot of delegates. So here's what needs to happen now. We we have momentum going into March 15th. Uh, we have to pull out some wins. Uh, we have to at least, like, tie in terms of delegates. Uh, hopefully we can do that. Uh, I think that we can now, especially after today. I have a lot of hope. Uh, but if we can do that then getting into the uh, the non-Southern territory, the rest of the country, then Bernie Sanders can actually make up that delegate count. So don't count him out yet. This is, this is a huge night. If you're a Bernie Sanders supporter, you should be jumping up and down right now because what just happened is unthinkable. It's absolutely unthinkable. For a candidate who was down by 18 points, now I'm not just talking about one poll, he was down by 18 points with respect to aggregate polling. So when you take all the polls and you average them out, he was down by about 18 points. Some polls had him down by, I believe, 20 or 30 points. Like, it was ridiculous. He was not projected to win this state at all. It all looked like it was going to go to Hillary Clinton. And, look, he turned it out. So, you've got to give thanks to the people on the uh, on the ground for doing this. Uh, for the people who are canvassing. Everyone who can't do that but donated. Anyone who face banked. Uh, anyone who phone banked. You have yourself to thank for this. I mean, this is insane. This type of win, this type of political upset doesn't happen without the grassroots effort. Now, we're going to get to the bad news as well. So when it comes to Mississippi, here's the bad news. Bernie Sanders got his ass kicked hard there. So Hillary Clinton won uh, 82.9% of the vote to Bernie's 16.2. And this is with 94% of the precincts reporting in. Now, the good news is that he is viable. So if he would have won less than 15% of the vote, he wouldn't have gotten any delegates. But uh, it still appears as though Hillary Clinton, for the night, is going to take home more delegates than Bernie Sanders because uh, she won so huge in Mississippi and because uh, the win in uh, in Michigan is so close. Uh, but keep in mind what I said here, going into uh, March 15th, after that, Bernie Sanders has a real chance to make up a lot of these uh, these delegates right now that he's behind in. So this is a phenomenal night for Bernie Sanders. What you have to do is keep up the momentum. Go to BernieSanders.com and donate to him. Uh, you have to keep up the momentum. If you could have a big fundraising day, uh, that's also going to be huge in contributing to his momentum. We've been really down in the slums for a while since Nevada uh, because... Basically, after Nevada, everyone discounted Bernie Sanders, and I told you guys, don't do that just yet. He's not out. If it gets to the point where I think that one of the candidates is most likely to lose or win, I'll tell you, but that's not the case. This race is far from over. It's going to be a really, really long race, so I hope that you're pacing yourselves here. Uh, but look, they all thought that Bernie Sanders, you know, wash your hands with him. He's done. Drop out. But... He's still going, and when it comes to March 15th, this is going to be a really telling day. It's very, very important. If Bernie Sanders can hang on, then again, when we get past the South, he has a really, really big chance of making up that delegate lead. I'm going to say it over and over again. I, I sound really redundant right now, but I want it to be ingrained in our heads that uh, this is good news. This is really good news. You have to be op optimistic right now. You have to celebrate if you're a Bernie Sanders supporter. Okay, so I'm going to get to the Republican side now briefly. So Donald Trump pulled out a win in Michigan. He pulled out a win in Mississippi. 
Uh, and it looks like Ted Cruz is going to win when it comes to Idaho. He is more than 12 points ahead. He's about 13 points ahead uh, with 37% of the precincts reporting. Uh, and Trump comes in second with 29%. Uh, so Ted Cruz is not very far behind Donald Trump in terms of total delegates. Uh, so do I think that Cruz will catch up to Trump? I don't know. It really does seem unlikely, but this race isn't over on this side as well. But when it comes to Marco Rubio, I think that this guy is, he's pretty much done. So he didn't even get 10% of the vote in Michigan or Mississippi. Uh, he managed to come in second, or no, no I, I'm wrong. He came in third and actually got 18% of the vote in Idaho. So that's good news for him. But, I mean, he came in fourth place in Michigan, fourth place in Mississippi. This was supposed to be the establishment's pick. And this guy is not doing very well right now. So, uh, will he drop out before Florida? I don't know. But if he goes into Florida and Trump beats him, that's going to be pretty damn shameful to lose uh, in your own home state where you should be just winning in a landslide. I mean, even Ted Cruz, uh, that bastard won by a, a large margin to uh, Donald Trump in Texas, his own home state, because people in your own home state, the argument is, is that they know you best. So if Marco Rubio's own constituents reject him in favor of Donald Trump, that, that's not just bad for the race. That's bad for his career. So if I were Rubio, uh, I would maintain that dignity and drop out right now uh, because that would be really, really shameful for him to lose, especially if it's a big margin above 10 points in his own state. That'd be bad for him. So great night. If you're a Bernie Sanders supporter, you should be really happy right now. The Democratic debate in Florida hosted by Univision took place and let me just say, this was by far Bernie Sanders' best performance yet. There is absolutely no doubt in my mind that he won. Now, I think that when it comes to the debate in Michigan, it was more closer. I think that he edged out ahead of Hillary Clinton. But with this debate, best performance hands down of this Democratic primary yet. He had her on the ropes the entire time. And the best part is that, uh, unlike last time, which is a criticism that I had, is that when he had her on the ropes, when he backed her into a corner, he, he let off the pressure. But this time, he didn't do that. He was correct to point out the stark differences between him and Hillary when it comes to Wall Street, when it comes to campaign finance, when it comes to fracking. Bernie Sanders was on fire. If he stays at this level, he could win the race. And the crowd clearly sided with Bernie Sanders. If you noticed at the end there, Bernie Sanders got a standing ovation. Hillary Clinton didn't. He got a long round of applause. So this was a phenomenal night for Bernie Sanders. I mean, if you were excited after winning Michigan, you should be ecstatic this time. Okay, so let me get into the specifics here. But first and foremost, I'll comment on the fact that the Washington Post was a part of this. I don't know if they were, um, if they designed the questions or whatnot, but that automatically made me terrified because we all know about the Washington Post. They're extremely biased, but thankfully it turned out okay. And I think that's because the moderators did a pretty good job. I really appreciated the fact that Jorge Ramos disclosed the conflict of interest uh, that his daughter has with Hillary Clinton. His daughter works for Hillary Clinton. 
I was excited that he was kind enough to actually disclose that, unlike people like the Daily Beast, where they have Chelsea Clinton on their board of directors of the company that owns them, and they won't even disclose that. But at least he was kind enough to disclose it. Now, there there is some specific biases that I saw when it comes to the moderators, uh, but overall, I think they did a good job. So when it comes to the questions, there's no doubt in my mind, Hillary Clinton got much tougher questions than Bernie Sanders, but there's a lot more reasons, objectively speaking, to ask her tougher questions when it comes to her emails, when it comes to the money that she's taking, uh, when it comes to polls showing that she's untrustworthy. So there's a reason for that. Now, when it comes to bias on Bernie's side, he got way less time to talk than Hillary, and he even called them out on this. So there was different types of biases on both sides, but overall, I think that the moderators did a phenomenal job because they actually asked hard questions. So, for example, one of the first questions that Jorge Ramos asked Hillary Clinton was, will you drop out if you're indicted? Damn! I mean, this this is the question that we've all been waiting to hear her answer. I mean, it's been the elephant in the room. A lot of Democrats are really afraid of asking Hillary Clinton about this because they don't want to look like the Republicans. But I mean, this is something that's really important. If you want to talk about electability, I mean, being indicted during a general election, that couldn't make you any more unelectable. So I'm really glad that he brought this up. Now, her answer made her look bad, but to be fair to Hillary Clinton, there's no way she could have gotten out of that looking good. Uh, I would have done the same thing. I would have probably dodged the question if I was Hillary Clinton, to be fair. It's something that everybody wants to know. If you're voting for Hillary Clinton, you want to be sure that uh, if she wins the primary, she's not going to be indicted during the general, and then we get left with a Republican. Because who's the biggest fearmongers of Republicans? It's the Hillary Democrats who say, look, if you if you vote for Bernie, he's less electable, and so you're going to get stuck with a Republican. But the Bernie Sanders side, uh, progressive Democrats such as myself, are saying, look, no, that's not true. Hillary Clinton could be indicted during a general election. If that happens, she could conceivably lose it at that point. So, and she already has problems with trustworthiness. So, great question. I'm glad that he asked it. Okay, so when it comes to um, her record on immigration, she was asked, are you flip-flopping or pandering to Latinos? His pandering. Really, really tough question. She brought up how Bernie Sanders voted against immigration reform, and she also attacked Bernie Sanders by saying that the guest worker provisions in the piece of legislation he voted against weren't like slavery. But that's, that's just false. That shows that Hillary Clinton is detached. She hasn't even done any research. She hasn't spoken to anyone who works in these fields. They're basically like slaves. And if you're an undocumented worker, you can't even go to your boss and challenge him or her and say, look, these conditions are horrible. I need a break. I can't work 15 hours per day and not even get a lunch break. They can't do that. Otherwise, they get deported. So it's... It's just insane to me that she even mentioned this and thought it would be persuasive. And Bernie Sanders had some really good responses to her. It was good that he brought up how she was against driver cards for undocumented immigrants. It was good that he brought out how she didn't want children from Honduras uh, to be transported over here. And then she had the audacity to say, look, that's a misrepresentation and it can't go unanswered. I find this hilarious. She all the time is misrepresenting Bernie Sanders and his views. So for example, when it comes to his uh, single-payer health care plan, she implies that we're going to lose health care because we lose our insurance. That's not true. That's, that's just a lie. Because she was in favor of his plan. Uh, she knows why it's a great plan and why it's better than her plan. Uh, but unfortunately, she took speaking fee money and uh, did a lot of great speeches on behalf of the health insurance industry, much like her Goldman Sachs speeches. And she also got a ton of campaign contributions from the health insurance industry. So before she was bought off, she agreed with Bernie Sanders. Now, when it comes to whether or not she flip-flopped on deportation and whether or not she could 
she would promise that she wouldn't deport children. This was scary to me because she used her words very, very carefully. She was trying to walk a really fine line here. And considering the fact that she was not in favor of kids from Honduras coming to the United States, I'm scared because President Obama promised us that he wouldn't be a deporter in chief, as Jorge Ramos named it. Uh, and he deported more people than anyone. And he'll say, no, it was just criminals. That's not true at all. That's not true at all. I'm sorry. I I'm just skeptical that an establishment candidate is actually going to stop with this deportation nonsense. Uh, so that was scary to me. The way that she worded it very carefully. So that way she could back out of that if she becomes president. And I'm glad that Jorge Ramos pushed her on it. Uh, he got an answer from her. He got the promise, but I don't believe her. And I'm really, really scared about this. Now, Bernie Sanders, God forbid, had the audacity to actually bring up how Barack Obama, even though he's a good president overall, he's just bad on this issue of deportation. And Bernie Sanders has a record to show. He's called out Barack Obama on this. Hillary Clinton was silent. So it's just something that's really frustrating to me. And he made a great point because she tried to bring up the whole uh, the Minuteman thing, saying that he's in favor of vigilantes, which is just patently absurd. And he said, look, I will match my record against yours any day of the week. That was awesome. Now, when it comes to the auto bailout, she tried to bring this up again and get Bernie Sanders for it, which is which is just <laughs> she lost last time. But I guess she wanted to lose again. And in fact, she did because Bernie Sanders pointed out how she flip flops. Uh, she said she wanted to protect big banks because that's her constituents. But then she went to Detroit and said something else. Now, here's one question that was really, really telling. And it galvanized the whole debate between Bernie Sanders and Hillary Clinton about her ties to Wall Street. Uh, she was asked, only 37% of the public consider you honest and trustworthy. Is there anything you could have done to foster this mistrust? She literally said this. I'm not a natural politician, in case you haven't noticed. Oh my god, that made me vomit. She is the quintessential politician. She is the focus group driven, poll minded politician that we all dislike. She doesn't come out in favor of an issue unless the polls change. Case in point, gay marriage. That was the worst line of the, the debate by far. Nobody looks at her as someone who is not a natural politician. She is not just a natural politician. She's owned it. I mean, she's the poster girl for politicians. If anybody has it down, it's Hillary Clinton. She has nailed it. She's even better than Marco Rubio in terms of being robotic. She actually makes it seem more natural, but she uses all the same focus group driven tactics as Marco Rubio. The difference is that she's just better at it. She's the best politician I've ever seen. I disagree with her on policy, but when it comes to just being a politician, Hillary Clinton nailed it. So that was bullshit. Now here's why she's untrustworthy. She won't release the goddamn transcripts. If you are trustworthy, you'll tell us what you said the, to uh, Goldman Sachs. But Bernie Sanders got her on here. So they asked Bernie Sanders, do you think Hillary says one thing in public and another in private? Damn, that was a great question. So Bernie Sanders said, a speech must have been so great. I think she should share it with the American people. And even Hillary Clinton laughed at that because that was that was perfect. Now, he brought up the $15 million that Wall Street donated to her, and she said it doesn't influence her. He mentioned this, uh, but that's what all politicians say, and we're all in an anti-establishment mood in this election, so that was phenomenal for him to say that. Uh, and then Hillary Clinton, of course, she pivoted to her normal response. Well, you know, I went to Wall Street, and I basically called them out. She literally said that, quote, I basically called them out. Really? You basically called them out? 
oh my god, I, she's getting hammered here, and she is not coming out with anything else. She thinks that just saying that she went there and she called them out is sufficient. It's not sufficient. That's why Bernie Sanders is doing so well. Now, Bernie Sanders laid the knockout punch here. He said, clearly, <laughs> when it comes to Hillary Clinton going there and calling them out, well, clearly her words must have intimidated them because that's why they gave her $15 million in campaign contributions. That was it. That was the death blow. I mean, Jesus Christ, that secured his win in this debate. He had her on the ropes and that was the knockout. Such a great line. And if she uses it again, he's got to bring that out again because it was perfect. Now, of course, what she tried to do is make it seem as though the Koch brothers are in favor of Bernie Sanders. Uh, but this was a shitty attempt of her to try to make Bernie Sanders seem guilty by association. The reason why they put up ads in favor of Bernie Sanders is because they think that they can beat Bernie Sanders more easily. They think they'd have a harder time beating Hillary Clinton in the general election. That's bullshit. Bring it on because Bernie Sanders is going to whoop the ass of any Republican you give him. You could just look at the polls to find that out. Now, here is arguably another phenomenal line, maybe the best of the night for Bernie Sanders. He said, the head of Goldman Sachs didn't give me speaking fees. He said, I'm dangerous. And you know what? He's right. Oh my God. Like this Bernie Sanders, just killing it, just killing it. I can't emphasize that enough. Did so good right here. Hillary Clinton looked so bad. And what does she do? She brings up the export import bank again, after losing badly to this the last time. Oh my god, now this exchange right here may have just been a turning point in his campaign. If Michigan wasn't, this was. I mean, if you watch this and you were undecided, this should help you make up your mind. That's the difference between Hillary Clinton and Bernie Sanders. He's not corrupt, she is. She's taking money from Wall Street, he isn't. That's the bottom line. So that was great. Now Bernie Sanders, other things he did was he used the Benghazi example, which they shouldn't have asked that question, but he used that example uh, to talk about Libya and how Hillary Clinton is in favor of regime changes. Uh, he talked about how he doesn't take money from the pharmaceutical industry who rips us us, or from the fossil fuel industry who is killing the planet when Hillary Clinton does. These are phenomenal things you have to point out. Now, he also got a lot of cheers for talking about raising the minimum wage to $15 per hour. He pointed that out. He really emphasized that because, again, Hillary's in favor of a $12 minimum wage, and he's in favor of a $15 minimum wage. That's a really important difference considering the fact that Hillary Clinton, she should be in favor of a lot higher than $15 considering she thinks it's okay for her to make $225,000 per hour when she gives speeches to the Goldman Sachs, but yet us plebeians, we're not allowed to ask for 15 That's That's something that I think needs to come up a lot more. And when it comes to this whole question of Bernie Sanders' uh, free college tuition plan, um, allowing Donald Trump's kids to go to school, Bernie Sanders did a good job here. He said that, uh, actually, Hillary Clinton talks about how she doesn't want free college tuition because she doesn't want Donald Trump's kids to go uh, to there for free, but they're not going to do that. They're going to go to private institutions. And Bernie Sanders pointed out the fact that, well, Hillary Clinton wants free community colleges and uh, Donald Trump's kids can go there as well. So great. I mean, he was on fire. He came prepared. He knew what he had to do and he did it. Okay. So even when Hillary Clinton did a good job, Bernie Sanders managed to one-up her. So for example, she talks about how we need to allow students to refinance their student debt. I couldn't agree more, but Bernie Sanders jumped in and said, look, these are things that I've said. I said that first. So thanks for copying a very good idea. I mean, 
This is what he did all night. This is what he did all night. And it was amazing. Now, here's another bad part for Hillary Clinton. She criticized him on how he's going to pay for some of his policies right after he explained how he was going to pay for free college tuition. That's by taxing Wall Street. He said that Hillary Clinton voted for the Wall Street bailout. Now, Wall Street's going to bail us out. And I mean, I don't know if she was, she was even paying attention to what he was saying. You're literally going to ask him how he's going to pay for his policies after he just explained to you how he's going to pay for his policies? Terrible. And uh, she didn't think about how she's going to pay for the Iraq war before voting for it, did she? So I wish Bernie Sanders would have pointed that out. And also, she had the audacity to say, look, he's going to increase the size of government. Hillary Clinton, who are you trying to pander to? Is there anyone on the Democratic side that gives a shit about the size of government? Again... I want government as small as it has to be, but what I care about is policy outcomes. I don't care about the size of government. If it goes up or down, I don't care so long as we get the outcomes that are right, that are just. So she needs to stop doing this because it's going to turn off so many Democrats. But Bernie Sanders turned around and said, look, she's saying that we should be the only industrialized country that should not guarantee health care. That's what she's saying. And he also called her out by saying, look, she says that 90% of the people have insurance, but that's not really the case. Many of them have high deductibles. Many of them pay high prices for prescription drugs. I like screamed out loud when he said this. This is phenomenal because this is the point that I make all the time. The Affordable Care Act isn't so affordable, so you can get to 100% under Obamacare, but people are not going to stop going bankrupt because of medical bills. People are not going to be fully insured. They're going to have to choose whether or not they get coverage because their deductibles are so high. Bernie, he was on fire. He also did a great job at linking campaign finance to climate change. Uh, And Hillary Clinton, I don't know why she always does this. She was like, I was proud to have a number of mayors from Florida campaign for me. That doesn't help you. We don't care if you have politicians on your side. That persuades no one, not even your supporters. Stop talking about that. Now, I do want to point out an instance of sexism here. Uh, Hillary Clinton had the audacity to say, excuse me, when Bernie Sanders interrupted her. Really? That's so sexist, Hillary. How can you do that? (laughs) Now, of course, I'm being facetious, but this is the charge from Hillary Clinton supporters because they have nothing else. But they claim that Bernie Sanders was sexist because he said to Hillary Clinton, excuse me, when she interrupted him. Okay, if you have nothing more to do than gin up charges of sexism, then you're showing that you're losing. If you can't win on policy, then uh, I think that's sad for you. So I'm glad that Hillary Clinton did this. So I would really appreciate it if all of Hillary Clinton's supporters who were outraged when Bernie Sanders had the audacity to tell Hillary Clinton, excuse me, when she interrupted him. I would like for them to come out and be equally as critical of Hillary Clinton as they were of Bernie Sanders and maybe accuse Hillary Clinton of being sexist or maybe even anti-Semitic because Bernie Sanders is Jewish. So if you say, excuse me, someone who's Jewish, then maybe that's anti-Semitic. Look, of course, this is a false argument, but I'm just trying to point out the absurdity. Now, a random line throughout the night, I don't remember where Bernie said it, but he said, I hope that you'll join me in ending fracking to Hillary Clinton, because at the last debate, she didn't take an unequivocal stance against fracking. Uh, She basically said, no, you know, in effect, I support fracking. I just have a bunch of conditions. But you have to go with the science. You have to go with the experts say fracking is bad. It causes earthquakes. It poisons drinking water in areas where it's uh, where fracking is done near water wells. So she needs to come out in favor of banning fracking. Okay, so 
She also critiqued Bernie Sanders because she said he's always criticizing Obama. He's always criticizing Bill Clinton. I wish he would join me in criticizing George W. Bush. Are you serious? One of his main lines he always says is how when George W. Bush left office, jobs were hemorrhaging. We were losing 800000 per month. I know that she thinks that we're stupid, but we hear what Bernie Sanders says. We know his rhetoric. And thankfully, he had the perfect response. Well, look, very, he said very few people stood up to Bush. Um, and I did. When it comes to the war in Iraq, I stood up to Bush. She went with him. Uh, so that was great. Now, Hillary Clinton hypocritically referred to trickle-down economics as snake oil, which I agree wholeheartedly with. It is snake oil. But at either the last debate or the Fox News town hall, she advocated for trickle-down economics. She did this by saying that Boeing needs corporate welfare. Guess what? When they get uh, government subsidies, what do they do with that money? Do you think that they raise minimum wage for their employees? Uh, no, they're CEOs. Uh, they, they take it home as a bonus. That's trickle-down economics. So she had the audacity to call it snake oil after she inadvertently advocated for it at the last debate. Shameful here. I wish he would have called her out on that. Uh, but I mean, I can't fault him for it because he was on fire everywhere else. So getting to Cuba. Uh, so Bernie Sanders here, I think he came out good. They were trying to attack him on it for saying good things about Fidel Castro. But the point that Bernie Sanders was making was obvious. Even though Fidel Castro was a brutal dictator, Cuba has a phenomenal healthcare system. You can't deny that. That's objectively true. So uh, now that the mainstream media is going to run away with this, I think it was on Political where I saw the, saw the headline that it said that Bernie Sanders declined to disavow Fidel Castro. Uh, no, he did. He called him an authoritarian dictator, but he stated an objectively true fact that Fidel Castro put in place one of the best healthcare systems in the world. Now, here's one part where Hillary did good. She did a great job when it comes to bringing up the Supreme Court nomination. She talked about how the, uh, Bush v. Gore was a terrible decision, and she did a good job at calling out the Republicans. That was great. So um, not all of it was bad from Hillary Clinton. Uh, but when it comes to the overall debate, hands down, Bernie Sanders destroyed Hillary Clinton during this debate. This was a phenomenal night for Bernie Sanders and his supporters. Hillary Clinton has got to do something at this point. I mean, this her campaign has got to be introspective. They've got to look at how they can bring up her numbers in terms of trustworthiness. And you can start by releasing the transcripts, but every single time this comes up, she's going to get hammered for it. And more so than ever tonight, she certainly did. Bernie Sanders destroyed it. He was on fire. Best performance from him. He won hands down. And I think that this is going to help him going into uh, the March 15th elections to gain a lot of momentum. So if you're a Bernie Sanders supporter, again, another reason to be really happy right now.